Welcome to Perfected by Blood podcast. Our message is the revelation of Jesus Christ, and our goal is to reveal your king priest identity. We do this by opening up the scriptures through the spirit of revelation. This is Masood and Rose Ramandi, and welcome to Perfected by Blood. I want to start by saying it's a great pleasure for myself and Rose, my wife, to be here. It's a joy to see that people want to hear uh, the message that the Spirit of what God wants to give. Anytime you go from one nation to another nation or from one country to another country, you see differences. For us, we come from Middle East, from Iran. Now we live in Canada and today we are in the Netherlands. So you can assume what kind of differences we've been going through. There are values in Iran that are not values in Canada. And likewise, the same with the Netherlands. So how do you communicate a message in such variety of cultures? Think about this. These are only three nations. But when it comes to God and all the nations and all cultures, see how much difficult it is to have a proper communication. So there are over 200 nations and maybe even more languages and dialects. But God is one and his truth is one. When from him the truth comes down and then is received by so many people, you can assume there are going to be different perceptions. And the whole reason we are here today or there are gatherings like this around the world is to come closer to that one truth so that we don't have my truth and your truth and their truth, but it's only what God says and we hear what he says. Okay, now, when God wants to speak, he has only one message. And I'm going to write. It's called the word. This is John chapter 1, 1, 2, 3. So it says, in the beginning... Uh, was the word and it says that word was with God and that word was God in verse 14 says that word became flesh so this word became flesh and we know this by the name Jesus so if the word is Jesus and if the word is God's message that means God has one message for mankind and that's Jesus you can see the differences where they come from they are in misunderstanding who Jesus Christ is. So, okay, now let me use an example so we can understand this better. In uh, any language, there are uh, letters that form words. Uh, so they're basically alphabets. In English, we say we have A to Z or Z, whatever you say. In the Greek, we have alpha to omega. In Hebrew, we have aleph tav. In my language, we have Aleph, Yah. Uh, alphabets are used to form words. So there is someone that uses that alphabet to say something. Now, in the book of Revelation, Jesus is called the Alpha and the Omega. That means every single message that God wants you and me to hear that comes from Alpha to Omega, it's Jesus. So now let me use my example, and I need your help. You can see I already can read Dutch. <laughs> okay, so I need your help to read this for me. So can you read? But believe me, this, this, is, this is a meaningful, meaningful message for you. Why can't you read them? But do you think it's possible that you eventually would read and understand? So there is something called Google. 
So I used it to actually uh, translate this into Dutch. So I'm going to write that down. Now, what is that? What's that here? Okay, you're already interpreting. That's good. Can you read it? Yes. Can you say it in English? Okay, see, the first one is in Farsi. This is in Dutch, but you said it in English. So we spoke three languages to say the same thing. Why? Because we understood. And before understanding, there was an interpretation. So I'm going to put it here once again. So we had understanding. This came um, from an interpretation. And before that, we had something, it was basically just a word. So that word, we said it's Jesus. So you can see God can speak Jesus and we can understand if there is proper interpretation. Now, uh, the biblical term for interpretation is revelation. So this interpretation is actually revelation. So that means to hear what God wants to say, to understand what God wants to say, we need a revelation of Jesus Christ. So God has had one message from the beginning. Today, it's time for all of us to hear that one message. Because again, if there is any gathering like this anywhere around the world, is to hear that one message. Now, I don't mean in a religious way. I don't mean, you know, just to say, Jesus, we love you and we worship you and all of that. I'm talking about an intimate knowing to the point that for us, he's not a strange person anymore, that he can be as real as me to you, that he can talk and we can hear and we can understand. Now, I want to say how this is possible. And believe me, if I, or my wife Rose, being a Muslim for almost 30 years of our life, can understand this. If as ex-Muslims, we can come to a place that we can know Jesus, anybody can. So God is not limited to how we were, or where we were born and how we grew up. God is not concerned about our past. Because for him, there is only what he can see what he knows. That's important. And what he knows is what he knows about you and me. So we have thought, I mean, I'm talking about humanity. We have thought that God is about asking us to behave in a certain way. And because of that, our ears have been deaf to the true message that he wants to speak. Because if I had a son, which I don't, and I wanted to talk to him, and teach him for his sake. And I wanted him to come down and sit here so I can love him. But he, if he was also thinking that he needs to please me, so he would go out and try to work in the backyard to make me happy, what would have happened? He wouldn't be here so I couldn't speak and he couldn't hear my heart. That's happening every day with every human being on the face of this planet. That means uh, we, all of us, we think about what God wants. But usually we don't listen to what he wants. What he wants is to show us the truth about us. And he does that by showing us Jesus. So Jesus is not an, a standard to live by. Jesus is a mirror for me. Now, what do you see when you stand in front of a mirror? So the Bible says 
that Jesus, now, okay, let me actually take us to some scriptures. I've been speaking scriptures, but it's good to actually go to the Bible. Yeah. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Would you read verse 18? Okay, there are a few words that are very important in this verse. And I can say that perhaps this is the most preached message I have ever had myself. Yeah, this verse is basically a foundation for myself. I'm going to explain it easy so everybody can understand. So we have um, Jesus, we, and it says between us and Jesus, there is something called beholding. So it says we all with unveiled face are beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And are being, sorry, and are being transformed into the same exact image. I am beholding the glory of the Lord. But I am also being transformed into the same image. So let's say if I see God's glory, and it says this is as in a mirror, so that means I'm looking at Jesus and I'm looking at God's glory. But I thought when I look at a mirror, I see myself. How could this be? Except if the true mirror shows the true me. Perhaps we've been looking at the wrong mirror. And how we have seen ourselves hasn't been according to what God wants us to see. So I say this because this is very important. We have been blind to who we are. So if you don't know who you are, if you don't know your position, if you don't know your authority, if you don't know your identity, you lack. So when, what do you do when you lack something? Compensate. You try to get what you think you lack. But what did we lack, once again? Our identity. So if you lack your identity, you're going to try to establish your identity. So I was a Muslim. I grew up in a Muslim family. I lived in a Muslim nation. And all my life, I was trying to establish who I was based on what I was doing. So this was my life. I thought, I am what I do. So that forced me to gain what I thought I lack. Then what I began to seek in life was the things that I thought I lack. And I thought if I get them, everything is going to be okay. So think about uh, money. And by the way, this is not you know, uh, one of those messages that you think like, oh, everybody knows that. No, this is my life. I'm speaking from experience. So. People lack, I, I lacked money, I lacked education, I lacked good relationships, and many other things. So I tried to get them one by one, and I did. So I was able to uh, continue in my education and to go to college. I got my bachelor's and master's degree. I married Rose and we had a really good life. We made money, and then we moved to Canada, so even uh, the nation that we were living was our dream nation, let's say, and I got my PhD. But do you think that thing that I lacked was over? Not at all. So I heard the other day, um, or I read something that uh, Jim Carrey said, and I assume you know who he is. He's a comedian, and perhaps he's, he has made more money than any comedian ever in the history of this planet. So this was his quote. 
that I wish everybody would become very wealthy because I don't, I want them to understand that that's not the solution. And that's amazing to hear from somebody who has done it, who has experienced the top place. There is someone like him in the Bible. In the book of First King, we read about a man named Solomon. He was the king of Israel, and he was the one who attained all the promises of God ever made to Abraham. Not only at his time they possessed the entire land that was promised to them, but it also says that the value of gold and silver was like the sand of the sea. That means it, there was so much that gold and silver didn't have any value anymore. We read about him that his wisdom was so uh, amazing that the entire planet or the kings of all nations came to hear from him. He had 700 wives. He had 1,000 concubines. You think that would be heaven for a man? So, so, any lack in his life? No. But he's the same person that begins to write in a book called Ecclesiastes, something that is very amazing, and I want you to turn over with me too. And we're going to read and also hear his testimony. Look at chapter 1. So let's read one, verse 1 and 2, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. So he says who he is. He is the son of David. He is the king in Jerusalem. This is Solomon. It says, vanity of vanities, says the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. How many times that word is used in that one verse? Five times. And what does he say? That's What's vanity. the word? Vanity five times. Do you know what vanity is? It's emptiness. So let's say if I have a cup here and there is nothing in it, I'm looking at vanity. But we know God is not about cups. So he's not talking about vanity in cups, but vanity in us. So the toughest guy ever lived in human realm, he says, I experienced vanity. Because the more I tried to fill myself with other things, the more I felt empty. That was my experience. So when I achieved my goals one by one, I experienced vanity one by one. To the point that I experienced an experience uh, over and over. Some of you may have heard my testimony, but I cut it short and telling you this experience that uh, a few times a year, I would be standing in front of a mirror and looking at that image that I was seeing in the mirror. And you know who that was. It was me. So I was talking to myself. But I was talking to myself as if I didn't know who I am. So I would treat that image that I was looking in a mirror as a strange person. So this was my conversation with that image. So I would say, who are you? And where do you come from? What's your purpose? What, what are you doing here? Is there a meaning to your life? And the more I did this, the more I realized that I don't have any answer for these questions. So it, it would become a fearful experience for me because suddenly that image would become real. And I was feeling like there is something that is going to jump out of that mirror on me. And I would run away. 
and I would try to forget that experience by making myself busy with other things. So this happened over and over and over. So fast forward to uh, years later when I was in Canada. It was something like this, a setting like this at home. So I was working on my PhD and there was a desk, a laptop and me sitting behind it. Suddenly I heard a voice. I wasn't trying to hear a voice. I wasn't thinking about a voice. I wasn't thinking about this experience that I just told you. I was busy with my research. I was trying to figure out what next, what's next and what I should do. But that voice suddenly interrupted my world. There was no introduction. There wasn't like a slow talking into, you know, an experience. There was one sharp question that I heard. And this is what I heard. Do you know who you are? Now, this wasn't me. It was someone speaking to me. I didn't know who he is, but it wasn't a time for me to figure out who he is. It felt like a friend. So I wanted to talk to him. So I didn't ask him who you are. I just got up. I went to my couch. I laid down and I began to have a conversation. So for about half an hour, I was talking to this voice. I can't say that it was a life-changing experience for me and it changed everything. But what it did was it started a change. So it was like walking in darkness all your life, but suddenly a small light began to shine. So I began to look at that light. And since that day, I haven't stopped looking because I know that there is more to this light. Uh, that day, that specific day, uh, when Rose got home, uh, we began to talk about this experience. Rose had a similar experience that day. So basically, God spoke to both of us that day. So when we got together, we realized something is going on. So we decided to do something about that. And we didn't know where to start from. Uh, we talked together and we said, we've been a Muslim for a long time and we haven't found the truth. So what if we begin to now study it and study other religions also to see if we can find the truth that satisfies us? And we did. We started doing that. At the same time, we decided to go to a church. So basically, that, that's the uh, start of this journey for us. So the first time that we uh, stepped in a church, it was like 15 minutes before uh, the service uh, would start. It was myself, Rose, and a Christian friend uh, that we went to church together. We were having a conversation, but suddenly uh, something grabbed my attention. And it was a banner that was hanging on the right side of the wall in the church. It was very big. You couldn't miss it. And there were some words written on that banner. I can say it and everybody could say, okay. But for me, it was, a, it was as if God spoke to my heart directly. It wasn't a conversation here. It was a conversation that was happening inside my heart. And it was the place that was empty. So now, these were the words that were written the words that were written on the wall. It said, joy comes by knowing God. So I read it. I needed no interpretation anymore. I just knew that question that I was asked three days ago was answered today. That I wasn't experiencing joy because I didn't know who I was. But if I know God, joy comes. Because when you know God, you know who you are. So I realized that all my lives, I've... All my life, I've been trying to make God happy. I didn't know that God is happy 
Then he looks at me. The moment I realized that all that labor, all that burden that I was carrying on my shoulder fell off. And there was as if love, love was poured out into my heart. And a relationship began with someone I still didn't know. But he led me step by step to know him more. And Rose and I both were in this journey together. So we began to uh, read the Bible. We were reading, of course, Quran at the same time. But the more we were reading the Bible, the more that experience of joy and happiness uh, we would experience. Now, as we were reading the words of uh, Jesus in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, I began to notice something about this God that Jesus was introducing. So I didn't believe anything about Jesus. But the God he was talking about was very interesting to me. So I didn't want to believe in him, but I wanted to hear what he had to say. And he was okay with that. And he was okay with that for a long time. Because for four months, I didn't want to believe him, but I, wanted, I believed what he was saying about God. And I think this is a mistake that we do, that uh, even with ourselves or with others, that we say, do you believe in Jesus? Well, how could you believe in someone if you don't know him? How could you put your trust and your life in the hand of someone you can't even trust? I don't know about you, but I can't trust anyone that I am not of his interest. So for me to trust someone and put my life, my life in their hands, I need to know what they think about me. I need to know what their intention is about me. So I realized that God doesn't say just believe in me first so that you can know me. So he doesn't say believe me first and then you will know me. He okay. says begin to live with me and know me and then you can believe me. That's why we read about Jesus in the Gospels that he sat with the sinners and he ate with them and he had not yet told him who he is. So he didn't say, believe me. He began to live with them and walk with them. As he did this, they saw goodness in him and they began to open up and trust in him. So they could open themselves to things that he had to say. So the more they opened themselves, the more he spoke. The more he spoke, the more they knew. So you can see that God is about a relationship that takes you to a place of fellowship. Because I want to make sure that I'm communicating the message properly. That um, it seems as God, as the creator, what he started from the beginning was a family. But there was no mutual understanding in this family. Just like uh, parents today that they give birth to a child, God gave birth to humanity. He created humanity. But just like a child whose eyes and ears are closed in the beginning, the spiritual eyes and ears of humanity was closed from the beginning. But just like you parents who begin to talk, no matter if your children understand in the beginning, God does the same. You would have a child that is a year, a day old or three days old or six months old. And you talk to them, no matter if they understand or not. You would say, hey, honey, sweet boy. And they don't understand. Perhaps even they misunderstand. 
and they think you're angry at them. It's the same thing with humanity. So God began to speak to humanity. You begin to read about the stories in Genesis, in the childhood of humanity. And those child human beings began to write. And they didn't understand what they were talking about. They just put in what they thought God is speaking. And it's been handed over thousands of years down now to us. Now we can open up right from the beginning and read something. And perhaps God is saying, hey, sweet boy. But we can, that's what he says. But what we read is, what have you done? And the problem, this is the problem. This is what is causing this problem. From what God speaks to what we hear, there is a barrier. So God speaks to us. But there is a filter in between. And because of that filter, I don't understand what God wants me to hear. And that's why now we have all sorts of people, Christian or non-Christians, that are judging God. Because they say, if God is good, then how come we read this certain thing in Genesis? So what they are doing, or what we are doing, all of us, is that we are not properly interpreting what is written. And uh, I want to give a short break, uh, if that's okay, Rene. So we're going to pick up from here after like a 15-minute uh, break. Uh, but I want to show you how we can actually overcome this misunderstanding and how we can properly interpret or reveal the scriptures. And this would be session one. And this would be the foundation for the rest of this conference. Okay, bless you. And please grab a coffee or something. And we will see you in about 15 minutes. Would you like to receive more teachings like this? There are three ways you can get them. First, subscribe to our mailing list and get a free book on how to understand the Bible by visiting perfectedbyblood.com forward slash sign up. Second, Subscribe to our YouTube channel and get access to our weekly videos and live streams by visiting youtube.com forward slash perfected by blood. Third, sign up for our online courses by visiting perfectedbyblood.com forward slash pbb dash courses dash and dash memberships. I'll leave the link to all these three options down below in the description section. Go check them out. We look forward to seeing the unveiling of Christ in you.